And good evening, everyone. God bless you for being here and listening in. And so, tonight, onward we go. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, uh, number three, part three of uh, what will probably turn out to be a pretty long uh, series on this uh, Tracks Upon the Mount of Transfiguration. So, we're going to start tonight in the book of Jude. And uh, <clears throat> why would we want to start in the book of Jude when we're talking about the the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, the idea of the tracks, the forensic type of uh, checking out the the footprints uh, of of time and the footprints of events that have led up to this momentous, exhilarating uh, uh, event uh, with Jesus Christ and three of his disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration in their meeting with Moses and Elijah. What this is about is to know uh, what that meeting is about <clears throat> and why the people that are involved there are, in fact, involved. Why Moses? Why Elijah? Why Peter, John, and James? And, and the story connected. We, we especially are interested to first start with Moses, because Moses was such a great man, and uh, and the Bible says that, uh, you know, that uh, as of the time that that was written, there was no other prophet uh, that, that arose that was uh, of the quality the, the, uh, or, and not equal, not equal to, uh, to Moses in the sense that Moses had face-to-face -face conversations with the Lord. And uh, that is just something of a most beautiful nature. It ties into the scriptures that we quoted, you know, last week when we were talking about in Isaiah 52, 7 through 9, uh, beautiful are the feet upon the mountains, and, and how that throughout the Bible there's always uh, these prophets and these holy people that are going up to the mountain and they're meeting with God. And uh, it's uh, <clears throat> the beautiful feet is part of the tracks of the feet. And so when we're talking about tracks upon uh, the Mount of Transfiguration, it's sort of like taking those tracks backward in backwards uh, or backward in time, and and checking out all of the connections. And um, we we found last week that even the Song of the Solomon was involved in it. Uh, Solomon, Song of the Solomon, four six through eight, and and. Uh, we uh, we saw the connection of even uh, the name Zion, uh, which is the same as Mount uh, Hermon, described in Psalms 133.3. Uh, there were just so many interesting things to get into uh, that it it it, uh, it just was absolutely fascinating. You see, there's only one really true mountain in all of Israel. There's only one, and that is Mount Hermon. None of the other mountains are true mountains. They are only hills. So, you know, uh, Mount Zion, Mount uh, Moriah, Mount Olive, they're just low little hills. They're not very high at all. And, and uh, uh, they are not, you know, true mountains. And when the, the uh, Bible in Revelations 21.10 speaks that John was taken up to a high mountain, high means high. And uh, obviously, <clears throat> uh, John, uh, when he's taken up to a high mountain, that high mountain was the Mount of Hermon. And uh, well, there's a divine thing here. There's, there's something 
very, very divine that that, is, that this whole thing is involved in, and uh, and then how the, we talked last week how that there was the connection of the of the source of the Jordan River, which is Mount Hermon. Uh, that doesn't mean that there's not a few other small streams that that flow into it, but it is the main source of the of the water of the of the River Jordan. And and that was of course the river that Jesus was baptized by John in, and uh, that of course was the same uh, river that uh, Joshua was um, commissioned uh, to to uh, to walk uh, into and by the priest and 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 that the the river would be turned back and 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 there's a incredible uh, story about how that the waters rose in a heap. And, and that word heap has very special meaning, uh, as we'll get into later, uh, at the city of Adam, uh, which is uh, in that very close uh, proximity to uh, the, the mountain of Hermon. Uh, so today we're looking for those, uh, those tracks, those uh, secret places of thunder, as spoken of in Psalms 81.7. We're looking uh, for those, uh, you know, revelations that that uh, that that show that uh, Emmanuel, God, is with us, and that He is leading us by His Word uh, into opening up uh, the mysteries and making His people to understand uh, these things in the most glorious way. We also mentioned how that this. Uh, the water from uh, the Mount Hermon, the streams of water that came down from melting snow, and the how that, and of course there were springs, also springs up on uh, Mount Hermon, and how that this also fed the Sea of Galilee, uh, which uh, according to Isaiah nine one was like a circuit, uh, because all of the little towns and various places were around it and Jesus could just go in the boat from one side to the other and and around the circle and and just minister to to a tremendous amount of people uh, that were some of the chief kind of people that he was wanting to minister to so um, it's um, it's it's a beautiful beautiful subject that we are on and and uh, I just hope that you will allow the holy ground of this word uh, to become a spirit portal for you, uh, a sea of glass, uh, not a glass darkly, but a glass through which you can see the true word of God <clears throat> in a crystal transparency, uh, and and you begin to be able to recognize when Satan is walking to and fro and up and down, and and uh, you'll be in contact with Jacob's crystal uh, lattice uh, ladder staircase. Uh, as mentioned in uh, Genesis 28:12 through 13, uh, so it's it's that time, it's that that wonderful time uh, when we are ready to uh, uh, get into this. So here, let's let's get started in Jude. It says the ninth of a verse. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, now notice it has. The in front of it, so we can uh, very confidently, confidentially uh, show this as being Satan himself. That Michael was contending with Satan himself. This uh, was a big, big event, and it wasn't any minor thing. And so the the chief principality 
uh, uh, Satan, uh, the who formerly was, um, uh, you know, was uh, the co-archangel, uh, you know, to um, Gabriel, uh, <clears throat> and whose name was uh, Lucifer. Um, it says that Michael was the archangel, was contending with with the devil, with Satan, and he disputed about the body of Moses. And doth not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. You know, he, he's not in... Michael had already won the war against Lucifer in heaven uh, when, when the, the war of the angels was taking place. And, um, and, and Michael the archangel fought against Lucifer and his angels and defeated him. So he didn't have to get into some big debate. He just said, The Lord rebuke you. That's it, you know. You're not going to have your way in this. You are not going to win. Now, <clears throat> as regards uh, these kind of confrontations uh, and how active that the the forces of uh, of darkness are uh, involved, um, like if if you if you turn to uh, the book of Job, the first the first um, of you know chapter, uh, it is just so interesting to watch through. Uh, the scriptures and how the scriptures show that these, you know, as in Ephesians, where it says, you know, we're not fighting with flesh and blood, we are, we are we are warring against principalities and powers, and and these are spiritual uh, principalities and powers in high places. The Bible says, so um, in chapter one of of the book of Job. Uh, in the sixth verse, it says, There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, uh, Whence comest thou? Uh, then Satan answered and, and the Lord and said, From going uh, to and fro and uh, from walking uh, up and down in it. And as we see that... Um, that uh, Satan, no doubt, has been involved in uh, in killing people that he thought uh, were uh, too intense, uh, too magnified of purpose, uh, too dedicated. If he could in any way be involved in in the the interference or in even the death of persons, uh, because if that were not the 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 case, then the rest of this part in the book of of uh, Job would not have been written for. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Lord said uh, in the 8th verse, uh, Have you considered my servant Job? Uh, there is none like him on the earth. He's a perfect and upright man, one that fears God, and he sueth evil. Then Satan answered, verse 9, the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for naught? This is the reason why he, he he's, uh, uh, you know, has this, this awesome reverence and respect. Uh, it says, Has... Thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed his work in his hands and his substance is, his, is increased in the land. That's why that, you know, he's serving you. You, you know, he's been paid off. Uh, but put forth your hand and touch all that he hath and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, okay, here's, here's what you can do. Behold, all that Job has is in your power. Only upon himself put not thine hand. So Satan went forth from the from the presence of the Lord, 
And uh, and what what we see in this is that um, uh, you know that this terrible thing that uh, that came upon uh, Job, uh, the, the death of his of his family, the loss of his wealth, uh, <clears throat> and this uh, horrible case of boils, uh, you know, uh, that that just was a terrible, unrelenting type of, of thing that. Uh, he, he couldn't uh, seem to, to, to get rid of. Uh, but, but uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it is uh, it's, it's very, very car- uh, interesting here. Uh, in the second uh, chapter, uh, the Lord, uh, you know, is speaking again to, to Satan. And, uh, and uh, you know, and the Lord said, uh, well, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him and so forth. And Satan said, yeah. Well, uh, he didn't do too bad with losing his wealth and some of these things. But I'll tell you something else. Skin for skin, uh, uh, you know, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Now, he's, he's wanting to deal with this man's life. He's, he's wanting to end Job's life. Basically, he, he wants to kill him. And uh, and and uh, so, uh, <clears throat> but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and flesh, and he will curse thee to your face. Well, we know that that when that disease came upon Job, that Job's wife did curse, curse him, did tell Job, "Why don't you curse God and die?" And uh, so the devil was really working with uh, his wife in a negative way. And uh, in verse 6, it says, and this is the second chapter, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So Satan was restricted from being able to uh, kill Job. Now, that would not have been mentioned the way that it was mentioned if it were not the case that there had been some instances in which, for various uh, reasons, and legal arguments that Satan was able to put forth, that he would be uh, uh, capable then of using those arguments and legal aspects uh, in the angelic world uh, to actually destroy the life of a human. Uh, that's, that's, to me, very, very clear that that was something that Satan had done before, was used to doing, and, and planned to continue to do. And that was when someone became uh, too uh, spiritual, uh, uh, too spiritually used, uh, that he that he wanted to kill them. Uh, if he could not get them to to by temptation, if he could not get them to by distress of of, uh, of uh, you know drastic events coming upon their life, to rebel and turn against God, to become angry at God, uh, and, and to want to forfeit his his belief in God. If he could not get that to work, then his ultimate plan uh, was to then kill that person, to stop their life, to stop them, because they had reached a point in their life, uh, their mortal body, of being able to to be profound uh, and and to be uh, very effective with their spirituality and having a profound effect upon uh, the other people of the earth and, and causing a balance uh, on the earth between between sin and and between uh, uh, righteousness uh, to be on the side of righteousness so it was it 's an incredible thing now we see that these kind of things are going on all the, all the time uh, if you turn to the book of Daniel I think let 's see we 'll look over there real fast I think it 's probably about the ninth chapter, but we 'll find out here in a minute uh, as I get over here 
we're moving right along. I have a lot of scripture to read, probably, so hang and hold because uh, you know that's that's all part of what what we're doing. Now let's look at um, uh, it's chapter ten, chapter ten, verse thirteen. Uh, here Daniel is speaking that. Uh, uh, he had been waiting on a breakthrough. He had been fasting, uh, but <clears throat> that there had been an interception, there had been interference. And the thirteenth verse, it said, "But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, a uh, one and twenty uh, one, uh, uh, you know, d- days." And that's those are the exact number of days that uh, Daniel fasted. So for every day that he fasted, there was a spiritual force. One of the prince, which which means an archangel, uh, so that you know that was Satan again being involved, and uh, and and uh, lo, but one, but Michael, one of the chief princes, there's more archangels than just one, uh, and again we see that this is so serious that the the angel, the archangel that defeated uh, Lucifer in the war of the angels in heaven had to come and be involved here uh, uh, for Daniel. Because, once again, Daniel was a really spiritual, powerful man that was causing the, the balances uh, of good to, to, uh, to outweigh the balances of evil during his time. And, uh, you know, Satan wanted to stop uh, his spiritual um, manifest uh, revelation. He wanted to stop him from going forward. Uh, he would like to have killed Daniel. And he tried by putting Dan, Dan, uh, causing things to come up to put Daniel in, in the lion's den. Uh, you know, he, he was faced with death. But he was delivered because there was uh, an understanding that, that uh, the angels could war but but uh, you know the the top angel is going to win. That top angel was Michael, and uh, and uh, it's 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 an incredible thing uh, when you, when you begin to see that. Uh, when this was over, uh, down in the twentieth verse, uh, and uh, he said to you know to to fear not to be strong, uh, you know to uh, to Daniel, and then in the twentieth verse he says. Um, then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee, and now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia. Uh, and when I am gone, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come, but I will show thee uh, that which is noted in the scriptures of truth, that there is none that boasteth with me these things but Michael your prince. And so we see how that Michael and these these guardian angels are really tremendously involved in the affairs uh, of of human beings who who are uh, in, into the spiritual endeavors of going forward in manifested light, and and there are forces out there that want to stop that. Uh, they they will bring accusations. They will make up lies. Uh, they will do like they did with Jesus Christ. You know, they said, "Oh, this man's a, a drunkard. Yeah, you know, he's a wine bearer. He's a glutton, and and he keeps company with prostitutes." And they said the worst things that they could say uh, that would would uh, uh, be totally against him being a rabbi. Uh, they, and those were just lies. They just made up those lies and 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 uh, gave false witness. That is what what the forces of darkness do. And they they ultimately want to kill those, that kind of a person. They want them to die. That's that's uh, what they want to happen. Uh, we see that um, 
in the uh, the twelfth uh, chapter of Daniel, um, uh, a very powerful, uh, interesting verse that that goes along with uh, you know this this whole revelation. Uh, it says in chapter twelve, verse one, and at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. There shall be a time of trouble such as never was before since there was a nation, even to the, uh, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered. Everyone shall be found written in the book uh, that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep uh, in the dust of the earth shall awake, uh, some to everlasting life, some to everlasting shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So we see that these that these things are going on. That in this twelfth chapter here of Daniel, it is predicted that there will be another time that Daniel uh, says and reveals here in his writings that Michael the archangel will have have to stand up for for uh, the people of God. Uh, these these wars are going on just as it tells it in the book of Ephesians, it, where it clearly says that you know we're not fighting flesh and blood. Don't don't get things confused. Don't don't get into these these kind of conspiracies that are printing out tales that are really not the basis of what the the true situation is. The true situation is about the powers and the principalities and the and the wars that are going on in spiritual high places. And and when you have uh, these angels uh, on your side, uh, then the the forces of darkness are defeated. And that's just plain uh, the fact. Now, uh, going back to... Um, Jude, uh, verse 9. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending... Now, contending is like opposing uh, uh, the devil. He, depo- he, he, uh, uh, he you know, uh, opposed Satan, and then he disputed the claim that Satan had. Satan had a claim. Satan had a reason for wanting Moses to be dead. Satan had a reason for wanting Moses to be dead. And and there is not any question about it. And we want to get into that story about Moses and what actually happened there uh, and his death. Because one of the things that is important here is when Moses um, uh, was given uh, the information from God about about uh, he was going is his time to uh, to cease his ministry and let Joshua take over um, when he was given that message he was told that he would not be able to go over into the onto the west side of Jordan uh, to see you know uh, the continuation of, of the fulfillment of the land being uh, won over to the to the to the people of Israel and uh, this was because of uh, his smiting the rock uh, instead of uh, speaking to it uh, to create the miracle of water uh, for his uh, children of Israel and their cattle. So um, these things are awesome uh, to look at and to consider, uh, but they're real. And, and this contending that was going on, this dis- dispute, you know, uh, was over something legal. It was over something legal, uh, you know, uh, you know, get this and don't forget this. Lucifer, Satan, 
is not some dumb idiot. He's 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 an ancient of ancients, and and he is uh, incredibly intelligent, and and uh, he even has the power to appear as an angel of light. So we have to remember these things are not light to look at. And if he has a, a point that he makes, and it's a legal law of why he would say that Moses deserved to die, and that because of what he something he did, uh, and that he had the right to his body, and and uh, but you know uh, somebody else claimed that there was a right uh, to the body, and. Uh, uh, we we want to to you know not lose a track of that. Uh, we remember uh, in the prophecy of Deborah, uh, I think it's in the book of Numbers, how that um, uh, she was fighting uh, uh, with Sisera, and and uh, this was a pretty powerful king at the time. Uh, but you know their little group of rebels could not possibly hope to uh, to. Uh, you know, destroy and to win a war against uh, this other uh, army. But the Bible says that the stars from the heavens, which means the angels, fought in their courses. They they fought, uh, you know, for um, uh, for Deborah's uh, prophecy and and Deborah's group. So uh, it's uh, it's it's just uh, it's just a, a beautiful beautiful thing. When, when we see this, and, and the scripture on what I'm speaking about is in Judges chapter five, and uh, and it, and it, it talks about um, you know the, the um, uh, let's let's look at chapter tw- uh, chapter uh, five verse twelve. Awake, awake, Deborah! Awake, awake, and lead thy captivity captive, uh, thou the son of Abinadab, and and uh, then. Then he made him uh, uh, that remain have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. There are some times that it is God's intention uh, that you are going to have dominion. And, and uh, you know, uh, he could cause you to have dominion over kings, over presidents, uh, over leaders of nations, over congresses, uh, over leagues, leagues of, of, of authorities. Uh, if that's what God wants to do, then nothing on the earth is going to be powerful enough to interfere, nor the forces of the, of the power of, of darkness. And, uh, and so she was given this power to, to have, have dominion uh, over the mighty of the forces of darkness. And uh, and then we see that um, in verse 19, and the kings came and they fought, and they fought the kings of Canaan and Tashenech, uh by the the waters of Mig- uh, Migdal, uh, or Migdal. Uh, they took a gain of money. They took no gain of money. They fought uh, from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. So these these people were fighting. They were fighting against the stars of heaven, the angels of heaven. The angels of heaven were involved in this whole contest. These are not minor things. But, but you know, when we talk about how that Satan goes out and he demon-possesses people, 
when we talk about how that Satan's, uh, uh, you know, is the prince of the power of the air, and and how that you know his imps, his demons, are all over the earth, and they are uh, coming against uh, you know human beings every day, uh, trying to cause them to become depreciated morally, uh, trying to cause them to to blaspheme God, blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Uh, they as being Angels, demonic angels, um, are in under the law of of angels, and because they are doing that, that then opens it up on the spiritual side for the angelic good angels to be able to come and to do uh, things at least equal. I mean, this is the the code the the. Code of the angels, the law of the angels, and so when people say, "Well, you know, it just doesn't seem right that the angels would be able to come and interfere," <laughs> well, uh, unless you just don't believe in Satan and his angels and what they're doing, uh, they're down here doing doing uh, their tremendous best uh, to destroy uh, the human uh, uh, soul and and uh, to ultimately win this war against the powers of of the heavens and. Uh, uh, they are doing that, and the angels of God just aren't sitting by twiddling their thumbs and saying, well, you know, we can't do anything because, uh, uh, you know, we don't want to break the law. They, they, they know that the law is on their side <clears throat> because whenever one force comes and gets involved, it opens the door for the opposite force to get involved. Same way if the angels would come in and do something uh, extra uh, outstanding, uh, that would open the door for the angels of Satan to do their extra outstanding thing. It's just the way it works. <coughs> just like in electricity, where there is a balance. You know, uh, it, it takes the negative and the positive to make electricity. Praise God. Okay, let's just move on because we have so much to to cover as we we begin to see this uh, story unfolding of of all these uh, <coughs> incredible things. <coughs> Excuse me. Now I I noticed that there was a, a maybe a couple of people that had a question about Mount Hermon and they're having a little problem being able to find it. Uh, uh, but I also noticed that several people now have offered. Uh, the information of how to get get uh, you know the proper lookup facts on Mount Hermon. Um, Mount Hermon, and this is important. Mount Hermon is part of the Golan Heights, and uh, Israel owns about seventy percent of that now uh, since the six uh, six day war that they had, uh, which in, included Egypt and, and uh, Jordan, and. Uh, the thing of it is, um, a part of Mount Hermon's uh, southern slopes fall within northern Golan Heights. And um, uh, you can verify that uh, by looking at 1 Corinthians 6.71, where it talks about Golan uh, uh, being connected with the Bashan. And we're going to we're going to talk about this Bashan here uh, today because this is going to be very interesting subject. You're going to find this quite uh, quite interesting uh, when we get into you know the uh, the King Og O G King O G uh, who was uh, uh, such a giant that his bed you know had to be 13 feet 
long, to be long enough for him to just to sleep in. So he was quite a tall, powerful giant, and he was ahead of these giants. And we're going to talk about them and how that that's all connected with this whole thing about Moses. It's all part of the revelation. And, and it's something really, really uh, incredibly interesting, uh, as you will see once we get into it. Okay, now, in your Bibles, uh, let's, let's go to um, uh, Deuteronomy 38. And let's just take a look at here what the Bible says happened. And, and let's just get into this. This is about Moses. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and we'll start with um, verse 34. And Moses went up from the plain of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jer- Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan. Now, uh, you know, Mount Nebo isn't that high of a mountain. It's really just a hill. And uh, maybe somewhere around 4,000 feet tall. Um, which, compared to real high mountains, is, is just a, a baby hill. And it's interesting that uh, standing there, yes, I could see... If you would be on the top of that mountain, which is sort of aligned uh, with Jericho. On this side, the east side of Jordan is Nebo. On the west side of of Jericho, uh, there would be the Dead Sea. And north of the the Dead Sea would be uh, Jericho. And uh, Mount Nebo is sort of lined up uh, to Jericho. And then if you looked over Jericho, then you could begin to see, you know, Jerusalem and, and, and Bethel and some of the different, Bethlehem and, and some of these various uh, different uh, uh, cities of the Promised Land. But now to see all of the way to, the, to Dan, basically where Mount Hermon is, uh, that's, that's quite that's quite a feat. I mean, it really have to be a clear day. Of course, the Bible does say that uh, the eyes of Moses were were not dim, so he had really, really, really good, uh, you know. But but I suppose that that with a mountain nine thousand feet tall and and uh, being on a mountain in um, uh, you know uh, say in the southern part, that if there was anything that he might have been able to see that far north, it would have been. Mount Hermon. He would have been able to see. That would be the last uh, thing that he would have been able to see uh, in the far distance would be Mount Hermon. And uh, and there would be Mount Hermon. And that basically uh, was the, the end of the promised land. Now later, uh, Joshua sort of extended the promised land uh, to the other side of the mountain and beyond Damascus to the uh, Euphrates River. Uh, but there, there is, you know, two different stories here in the Bible about the extent of the promised land. And uh, right now, Israel, uh, Israel is in charge uh, of, you know, the northern slopes of, um, of Mount Hermon. And in fact, it is the only place in Israel that they have where people can ski. Uh, they, and so it, it is. It is a resort, and people go there and they ski, uh, because without that they would have to leave the country to go find a place to ski. But they do have this ski resort, 
and and, and it is not far from uh, uh, like I told you last week, uh, you know uh, that that prior Roman little city Philippi, and and not far from Adam, city of Adam. Uh, it it there's and and Dan, those are all fairly close uh, down at the bottom of the hill, so to speak, uh, area of um, Mount Hermon. And this towering mountain has three peaks. And sometimes uh, when it's been measured, you know, uh, different peaks have been chosen. And it has made a small difference in what the height of the mountain is shown to be. But the official height of the mountain is 9,200 and some odd feet. And uh, that that's that's a pretty good sized mountain. It's not the highest mountain in the world by a long shot, but it's still a good sized mountain, and uh, it it, uh, it 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 has a history. It has a tremendous history. We're going to be talking about that. Okay, so let's go on here with the uh, the book of uh, Deuteronomy. Um, <clears throat> and he says, um, uh, in the uh, fourth verse, and the Lord said to him. This is the land I have sworn unto thee. Okay, now let's back up a little bit. Uh, let's go to, uh, and Moses went up, uh, 34, and Moses went up from the plains of Moab. He goes up to Nebo, and the Lord shows him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all of Nephtali, and the land of, of Ephraim, and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah uh, unto the utmost sea. And, uh, and, <clears throat> and south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of the palm trees, under Zorah. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac. Now, here we see that the Bible clearly says that this land all the way uh, to Dan, which is basically all the way to Mount Hermon, is what God promised unto Abraham. Now Joshua, as I said, takes it on to the to to the Euphrates River, which is on the south side of uh, of Damascus, uh, uh, the Syrian uh, people's land and city. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but here we have it right in the, in the scripture, and and uh, and uh, he was showing all these places, and I have caused thee in verse four uh, to see with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. Thou shalt not go over thither. Now, uh, when Moses showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and some people say, well, that wasn't the Mount of Transfiguration. Transfiguration wasn't uh, Hebrews, it was Mount Tabor. Well, that would still have been on the other side, on the west side of Jordan. And and the idea was that Moses was not to go across the Jordan. He was to stay on the east side of Jordan. Now, there were, there were you know, there was a lot of possession uh, for the, the people of, uh, of, the, of, of the tribes on the uh, east side of Jordan. And uh, we, we'll, uh, you know, we'll name some of that uh, as, uh, Lord willing, if we have time as, as we go along. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's just all uh, very, very, very interesting. Uh, you know, uh, like, for instance, um, Manasseh and uh, Gad and, and uh, uh, Reuben, uh, they, they had a tremendous, uh, you know, uh, inheritance uh, on, the, on that side. And uh, and uh, uh, Dan, uh, 
on on that side plus on the other side of the of the uh, of the on the west side of, of, of Jordan. So it's um, it's all very very interesting, and uh, uh, we want to get into this because I'll tell you what, you begin to hear this whole story, you will find it totally fascinating. <clears throat> and I've caused thee to see, and this is verse four, with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. Now, one thing we want to understand. <clears throat> when you get a scripture that's something like this, and where it says, So Moses died there according to the word of the Lord, then you can't really know a lot about that death and how he died or if, in fact, he did die, in the sense that you might think of death, unless you understand what the according to the word of the Lord was about, what that revelation was about. And the only way you can really know this story is to know according to the word of the Lord. And if you don't have a seer insight, if you don't have the insight that can look back in time and see that which was past, then, then, uh, and you're only following, uh, you know, ministers or, or people who are even prophets, but they can only see present and forward, then you're not going to have that revelation because it's a revelation that's a seer revelation. You have to go back in time to be able to see that. So it takes a seer to see that kind of revelation and according to the word of the Lord. And he, he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulture unto this day. And Moses was 123 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, his natural force, nor his natural force abated. Now, <clears throat> here's what we want to begin to get into. And uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, just quite challenging and quite interesting uh, about this thing with, with uh, Moses. <clears throat> What happened here? What happened here? We need to know this story because it's all part of the tracks of Moses who came to the Mount of Transfiguration on the west side of the Jordan and appeared there to Jesus and Elijah and to Peter, John, and James. So what is what's going on here? How was he able to to go over the Jordan when he was told that uh, he wouldn't be able to go over? Well, remember this. First off, there's a lot of times when a person will say, "Thou shalt not go. Thou shalt not do this," and then after a period of time passes, then God speaks and says. Now go. So, sometimes a thou shalt not go is only for a period of time, or of circumstances of time, or some kind of special uh, uh, meaning and special uh, revelation that uh, cannot even be understood unless you understand it according uh, to the word of the Lord. And these are the things that we have to really, really really get you know really get into 
Now, let's, let's get this thing down on, on directions. Uh, when we are on the mount, okay, and we are looking toward, uh, you know, like we're looking, we're looking toward these other possessions that I mentioned to you, uh, you know, like Gad and uh, Reuben and Manasseh uh, and on up to Basan, uh, the, where the, the, the uh, Gog, uh, not Gog, but the Og uh, king was, uh, <clears throat> you would be looking, you would be looking uh, north. That would be looking north. If you looked to your uh, side over, the, over to uh, Jericho, you would be looking west. And over there would be Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Judea, uh, Hebron, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Masada, all, all these different places. Uh, you know, Jerusalem, of course. Um, so, so and then uh, south uh, would be according to, if you were up, if you were at the uh, Mount Hermon, Everything uh, behind you, so to speak, everything down to the down the Jordan River, uh, uh, you know, to the Dead Sea. That's all south. That's all going south. So, so we need to have these, uh, you know, these ideas about, uh, you know, how how things are uh, are actually located in the land, so we can understand, uh, you know, what God God is talking about. So God did speak to uh, Moses and he did tell him speak to the rock uh, uh, but instead of speaking to the rock he smote the rock with his uh, with his rod and uh, that wasn't real pleasing to God because God was getting ready to do a tremendous soundtron miracle revealing the power of, of the voice and how powerful the voice can be so so those things are just very very important now we were talking about the death of, of Moses. Before we finish that, that part, let's talk a little bit about, about Moses before that. Uh, there basically, um, you know, is a missing 40 years of the life of Moses. This is from a baby when he was taken uh, out of the water and, and, uh, and the wife of the Pharaoh took him on as a son. And he became a son to the Pharaoh. And there was 40 years that he lived as a son of the Pharaoh. And he was involved in all kinds of exploits, uh, you know, uh, against the Ethiopians and, uh, and uh, all kinds of things that, that he had privy to uh, that the Pharaohs knew that uh, the common masses did not know. And so that missing uh, 40 years of time is, is pretty interesting. Um, there... There is a total confuse, confusion about the time frame of when Moses was living on Earth. Part of the problem, <coughs> part of the problem, excuse me, Matt, part of the problem has to do with the fact that when Moses um, uh, angered the Pharaoh because he killed an Egyptian, that the Pharaoh uh, decided that that. Um, that he should pay with his death. And so Moses had to flee. And the Pharaoh was uh, so unhappy that his son, uh, adopted son though he was, did this, that um, there is a history that tells us that this Pharaoh uh, erased everything 
that had to do about the history and the life and the name of Moses. And that's why when the historic, uh, historians are trying to find information, uh, that uh, it's very difficult for them to find any information uh, in the Egyptian halls of, of history because uh, that pharaoh erased everything about, uh, about Moses that he could. <clears throat> now, um, the rabbinical writings and also uh, Josephus, who was an ancient Jewish writer, uh, they say uh, that the birth of Moses was prophesied by the stars. Now, if we accept this, and, and I do, I believe that. I, I believe that there are many things written in the stars, and the histories are written in the stars, and, and these are angelic uh, prophecies too. And I believe that uh, that there were such prophecies like that in both the rabbinical writings and and uh, and Joseph, uh, Josephus, uh, the ancient Jewish writer, uh, that uh, you know they were right on when when they t- talked about the birth of Moses uh, being prophesied by the stars, and I think that that uh, there's something of that grand uh, revelation uh, that that uh, is so deep that people really need to get into the understanding uh, of, of these things and, and be able to view them uh, in the precious and sacred uh, mode of revelation according to the Word of God. According to the Word of God. Uh, you know, uh, I think we have to say Moses was a divine implant. Moses was a divine implant. He was he was prophesied by the stars to to be here to come, and uh, uh, if, if we can really get into the the full reality of that, uh, it w- would be incredible. And, and and one of the teachings that I did many years ago, and you know I'll be doing that teaching again sometime, <clears throat> but it tells how that uh, Moses and the children of Israel, under the command of Moses, before they left uh, before they left Egypt. Uh, they uh, uh, they broke into the treasure cities of Pharaoh, and uh, and and they uh, they robbed uh, you know uh, a lot of the uh, the goods and 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 some very ancient uh, information uh, that was was taken by them. Uh, I will one day get into the more details of that and even the scriptures, uh, but that, but that I find is uh, you know a very very interesting thing. Uh, Forty years, you see, uh, Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and then he you know, he lived 120 years, so that's uh, three times 40. So, so those three big, long periods of time about his life, and, and uh, very little of it is really told uh, in a play in, in in the fullness of being able to to know the whole story, and it has to be understood, you know, by revelation. Uh, that that is very 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 important. Uh, <clears throat> now um, we want to look at at another scripture here, uh, as we're still talking about all of this. So turn with me to Zechariah chapter three. Zechariah chapter three. Okay, that's in your Old Testament now. But get over there in Zechariah. 
And we'll get to chapter 3. Okay. This is very, very interesting. It, it just does connect with what we're trying to say. Chapter 3. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at the right hand to resist him. Let's repeat that. Okay. You have this high priest, and he's standing before the angel of the Lord, and guess who else is right there? And Satan, standing at the right hand to resist him. We have got to understand that this is an ongoing thing. It happened before. It's still happening in this day and age. It's the forces of darkness. The principalities, and the, power, the, the, the principalities of darkness and the forces of darkness are out there all of the time waging spiritual warfare with the, with the good angels, against the children of God, against those who are really out involved in the ministry of God. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Now, take a note that this is on parallel with the same thing that happened in the book of Jude, where Michael says, The Lord rebuke thee. It's the same thing. <clears throat> Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee, is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head, so they set a fair miter upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord uh, protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, if you will keep my charge, uh, then thou shalt have uh, also judge my house and shall keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among, among these that stand by. Uh, <clears throat> This is really quite the revelation as we go on. Verse, verse 8. Um, Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee. For they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall, uh, shall uh, be uh, seven eyes. Um, Behold, I will engrave the engravings thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. Uh, this is a revelation of the future, and yet it's a revelation of the past, and yet it's also a parallel between this Joshua and the Joshua who pre preceded this scripture uh, that was uh, to take over from Moses and lead the children of Israel on forward uh, to this great uh, adventure of uh, finishing the, uh, the call of God and fulfilling the, the uh, capturing uh, of the land that was the promised land. <coughs> All right. <coughs> now... Um, 
the the stone, the eye, the you know, the eye of Joshua, the eyes of Joshua, the stone with the seven eyes. I mean, this is all about you know, like the seven spirits of God that it talks about so much in the Book of Revelations. Uh, it, this tie-in all the way back to the Old Testament, Zechariah, ties all the way into the Book of uh, of, of Revelations. And and it's just like that. There's so many things in the Bible that you know people do not know. Like when you uh, read in uh, uh, Revelations 22 uh, and it, and 18, it says, uh, <clears throat> "For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, uh, God shall add unto them the plagues that are written in the book." Uh, that saying that was said right there by John. That was said in in Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. We go all the way back to Deuteronomy 4, verse 2, and and read that and, and, and see how that the whole Bible is connected in this very uh, strange and beautiful way. And here it is, uh, Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught against it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Now, uh, some of these people that make such a horrid sin uh, out of out of anything that they want to uh, by just uh, making a claim that someone is adding to the Bible or taking away from the Bible based on this twenty second chapter of Revelations, those same persons could be found <clears throat> very clearly claiming that that uh, they no longer, uh, according to the word of the New Testament, are bound under the law. Of the of the Ten Commandments, you know, the keeping the Sabbath and some of those things that it said to do, uh, <clears throat> they feel freed from that. Uh, but a lot of them are not aware that the same verse in Revelations that said, "You shall not add, you shall not take away," originally uh, comes from Deuteronomy four two that says the same thing. So the point that I'm making is that there are correlations, just like this Joshua of Zechariah with, with the Joshua uh, of, of, of the day of Moses. And, and that, then that, not, that also goes forward and connects to, to the Joshua stone that has seven eyes, which goes beyond the time of, of, of Joshua that he lived in Moses' time, or that was represented in a parallel uh, uh, you know, type of uh, revelation in uh, Zechariah, goes on forward into the days of revelation which are the seven spirits of God revelation, incorporating both the Alpha and the Omega. So it's it's just a it's just a beautiful beautiful premise of deep revelation that God is opening up and preparing His people for, and and it, and it just is uh, you know uh, <clears throat> utterly exciting. That's that's exactly what it is. You know, okay. So uh, um, what the revelation of today is. Uh, as people get into this thunder and lightning revelation of the book of Revelation, is to have the experience that Jesus uh, uh, describes that he had. Uh, where in Luke 10.18, uh, he said, I saw Lucifer fall from heaven uh, like lightning. I think that as God's people get into this divine role and into this divine quest in which they are going forward in these uh, manifested initiations and uh, this, these manifest realizations that that 
it will happen because they will have the vision and they will see Satan falling from heaven like lightning. And at the speed of light, he will fall from heaven. And, and, and when they get that revelation of the fall from heaven, because that includes the fall of the Ophanims, that includes so much. Everything from one event leads to another event. And, and to be able to have the vision as Jesus had it, so he could say, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning. Uh, as the people of God begin to be able to reach that, that uh, amplitude in which they are saying, I saw Lucifer fall from heaven as lightning. Uh, I'll tell you what. uh, (laughs) Satan does not want that kind of thing to be repeated. He does not want that kind of thing to be used uh, as a a verbal sense against him. Uh, He he dreads it. He hates it. Uh, He absolutely hates that. But uh, we have the power to come into the that vision because we are as we are transassimilating Jesus Christ, we will say things that he has said, we will think things that he has thought we we will remember things that he has ministered and and we will see things that he has seen so it's just an absolutely beautiful premise of all the things that that we can do now uh, <clears throat> we know that uh, that that there was uh, you know the uh, the mountain that uh, Moses went to. And we're going back in time. And uh, <clears throat> it seems that when this real spiritual thing happened with him, with his awakening, it happened when he was with the with Midians. And uh, he was uh, out uh, close to, to this mountain. And uh, this mountain, of course, uh, you know, had more than one, one name. It's got, uh, it's got several, several, several names. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, the one name that it did have have was Sinai, and uh, we want to talk about that just a little bit here, because uh, you know uh, Moses, uh, he, uh, he 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 was he went out and he saw this uh, burning bush, and when he saw this burning bush, he saw that it did not. Uh, it did. It, it did not burn away, and he knew that this was an incredible uh, event. So he drew close to it. When he got close to it, uh, uh, God said, "Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. You are coming into a vortex. You are coming into a crystal sea. Uh, you know this is this incredible thing's getting ready to happen." Well, uh, there are uh, uh, interpreters who, using etymology, have shown that the Hebrew letters, Samach, Yud, Nun, and Yud, uh, as being related to the word for bush. Uh, uh, so, <clears throat> Samach, Nun, and Hay, uh, uh, since uh, 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 Sinai was where Moses saw uh, the burning bush, and that this mountain, the very name of the mountain, really has to do with this meaning of the burning bush. And they are saying that that's what Sinai really is. So when we talk about Sinai, we're really talking about the mountain of the burning bush. And and what the meaning of that burning bush is, is very, very important in the fulfilling, fulfillment of the tracks. Uh, I said last week about how that they've spotted uh, UFOs. Or that's the worldly term for it. Uh, we call them, you know, d- different names of that, uh, zoots, and and uh, uh, you know we have an understanding uh, 
of the spiritual names that, that are so very, very important uh, and so relevant in their revelation of what they mean. And uh, so uh, uh, we'll get more into that in a little bit. But, but uh, when they talk about these burning bush, there is something very uh, extraterrestrial about that and, and, and something very unusual. We know that uh, whenever Moses was, was on his journeys, that there was a cloud that that and, and as we we really examine a lot of the uses of the term cloud, uh, it is not difficult to see that 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 these were zis, uh, z z i t h s. That these were these were uh, holy, you know, uh, vehicles of God hovering over uh, and protecting the children of Israel, and and then they would hover over these mountains. And just as I mentioned last week about the UFOs that have been seen over Mount Hermon, uh, there is something very much of a divine gauge that has uh, a connection to this. And so uh, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, to, to, to get some of this stuff into your uh, into your mind here, so that you can see the the variety of possibilities. Um, there's other names like Harha, Elohim. Haha Elohim uh, is was another name for this mountain, and the name uh, in, in, it means the mountain of the gods, the mountain of the gods. Now, th- now this is not just a makeup thing. This is you know you go back and you study history and and and, and uh, rabbinical literature, uh, you 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 find uh, these revelations, and uh, you know and. Um, it's it's just uh, you know it's just uh, quite interesting. Um, it uh, <clears throat> there's also connection with Har Bashan, uh, meaning mountain of Bashan, B A S H A N, and that's an important thing as you will see later as I get into this uh, this uh, you know really incredible uh, revelation uh, because it, uh, it it it's it's got something about uh, a special substance of mankind and, and, and about the virtue of the mountain. And, uh, and of course, uh, uh, Bashan was in a way connected uh, by being part of the Golan Heights. And uh, these things are uh, it's connected to Mount Hermon because Mount Hermon, as I read to you, is part of the, of the uh, you know, of the, the Golan Heights. So, uh, Wow. We're, we're, we got to move on here. <clears throat> so, so in Numbers 22 and 12, in case I haven't mentioned it, uh, when the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to sanctify me in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring the assembly into the land which I have given them. You will not be alive to do that. You will not be alive to do that. And uh, now just so we get this thing about Mount Nebo again, it is located in Moab, east of the Jordan River, which today is in the kingdom of Jordan. And it rises about 1,200 meters, which is 4,000 feet, over the nearby Dead Sea. Uh, and uh, from it, a great amount of Israel can be seen on a clear day. And uh, you can check uh, you know, some of these various things. They're, they're, all, they're all revealed and written you know, clearly in the Bible. Another name for, for, for Mount Sinai was uh, Horeb. Uh, there is a joint double meaning of that uh, because Horeb and uh, 
Sinai uh, seemed to have two different profound places. <coughs> and yet there is a uh, there is a connection. Uh, they they say that uh, uh, part of that uh, connection was the difference uh, between the rabbinical uh, pronunciation of the name and the Elohist, uh, uh, you know, the Elohimist, uh, or the Elohist that, that that made those uh, different kinds of investigations of the names and so forth, and their differences differences of interpretation and uh, pronunciation. Uh, but um, it it uh, it's just all interesting, and it's it's all a part of the of the of, of the whole thing. So in Numbers 22, you 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 got the scripture where Moses cannot go to the Promised Land, and uh, and then uh, you know you begin to get this this thing. Now now I'm going to go to this really really awesome revelation. Uh, <clears throat> When we when we read in the Bible, uh, it it tells us that Moses was buried over against Beth Peor. That's B E T H P O R P E O R. Now, when we really start looking into the word, and we thinking, okay, you know, he goes up to Mount Nebo, and he he goes up to you know he's in, he's involved in a sense with this Mount Peor because he's buried against Beth Peor, and uh, <clears throat> but if we go to Hosea nine ten, now I don't have the time to turn to all these scriptures, but you can write them down and, and examine them yourself. Uh, you have to know a little bit how to how to uh, get into the language to really be able to get the full sense of it. But Hosea nine twelve uh, uses the term Beth Peor. Uh, and and um, <clears throat> but it doesn't use it in the sense of B E T H. It uses it in the sense of B A A L, Baal, 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 Peor. Now that 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 is like uh, a Canaan, Canaanite god, and uh, and so uh, the name uh, Baal Peor is contracted from Beth Peor, uh, so it makes those names be the same. Beth Peor and, 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 and Baal Peor are the same. They're the same name. So now we have um, Moses being buried against this mountain, which is really a mountain of a false god. And uh, it is a place of a, shr- a shrine of sensuality, and there are various kinds of uh, of worship altars there unto, the, unto those gods. And uh, in fact, um, Balaam was uh, convinced by Malak uh, of the Midianites to go and put a curse on uh, the children of Israel. And Balaam went onto that mountain to to do this curse, but then he was not able to do it. He was stopped from being able to do this curse. He did a blessing instead. But but it, it it's not a minor mountain. It's it's got a it's got a got a history. And uh and there's there's a a lot of really interesting, incredible connection here uh that that I want to be able to 
to make with you. Now, when we look at the scripture that I gave you earlier that we've read in uh, the 38th chapter of uh, Deuteronomy, and we begin to read about how that that uh, Moses is buried next to um, this uh, Beth Peor or or, or uh, Baal Peor, and and uh, and all the meanings of that, and that he's he's put in this sepulcher. <clears throat> when we begin to really dig into the meaning of all those words, you know the sepulcher and all of that, and the connection of associated uh, uh, Hebrew terms. Uh, we come up with some very interesting terms uh, from the uh, the Bible uh, uh, as it is um, uh, shown in the in the Hebrew uh, from the um, concordance, the Strong's concordance. And if we look at the 6900, 6900, which is the word for for the sepulchre, we find that it is connected with 6912, and uh, 6912 means to gather up, to bring, to gather up, to bring, to to bring. These scriptures are all associated with uh, things like uh, uh, 6916. Excuse me, 6916, uh, uh, 6909. Uh, on and on with all these various different other uh, 6908. And these scriptures mean things like to take up. Um, God has gathered. To gather up. <coughs> and and I, 6916, a double heap. And some of the other uh, meanings uh, to just mean a heap. Now, this thing when you really understand it, as revealed by the Word of God, heap is connected with heave, to heave up. And to heave up is connected and uh, with the word heaven. The, the word heaven, uh, etymology-wise, etymology-wise, actually came from the, the, the term to heave up. And to heave up was where the word heaven came from. Uh, which means to heave up, okay? So now, when we look at all of this, and we see the connection, which all comes out of another very interesting term that is 8343, connected to these terms, which means whitish. And we remember what happened to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. How that his clothes turned white, how his face turned white, and how that on the that that the mountain of, of Hermon is basically known as the the white mountain, and it has three peaks that are snow peaks, and all this connection is extremely deep and interesting, and I would like to propose to you you may not be able to handle all of this right now but as I get more and more into the revelation of these scriptures I think that you will be able to and as you have the time to study these verses 
and and uh, I'll be going into them in a deeper way as we have more time. Um, I just see the clock going so fast, and I have so much to say. I got to get this part of this finished here tonight. Uh, but what I'm wanting to say is that there was a dispute, and Moses, the body of Moses, was being disputed over. Satan wanted that body to be buried on earth. And he would make sure that it would be found and discovered. And he would do his negative things. But that was not the plan of the angels. Because, first off, I believe when, when Satan went up there to this mount, which was an evil mountain. It's where Balaam went to do the curse against him, but God wouldn't allow him. It's where this shrine of uh, of, of sensual things are. It's where these, uh, you know, the the prophets of Baal were involved. It was an evil mountain, and I believe it was there. I believe that that Satan assassinated Moses. And I believe that he stepped over the line when he did that. But we can see from the scriptures that I showed you before how that Satan has been involved in trying to kill. And he uses religious reasoning. There's different instances I could get into, and maybe next week I will if I have the time, where the Bible talks about, uh, you know, over the circumcision that God was going to kill Moses. Uh, there's a whole revelation of that. It's not quite what, like what it sounds. And and so this thing of killing Moses is not new. It, it's, it's been a plan for a long, long time to destroy this man who came from the stars, who was born with a destiny. I believe that he was killed and the angel Michael, the archangel, came and said, enough is enough. And I believe that he took this this heap, this double heap, which is a reference <coughs> to all of the good that was in this person. And he heaved it up to bring, to take. And that was the real meaning of to be buried. And I believe that <coughs> he was taken to Artura the Father's house, and and put in preservation in a slough. And that in the days of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, all part of this of this event was a prophecy about the time of the whitish, the time of the white, which would be the trans you know and the and, and, and the transformation uh, of, of transfiguration. That, that he was to come back. Now, there's more scripture and there's more we can get into, but I can't do it all today. And we'll get into more things to give evidence of this. But, uh, but I believe that there's no man that could ever find the burial place of Moses on this earth because he, he was not buried on this earth. He was taken up by Michael the Archangel. And I think that that is such a beautiful revelation. Such a gorgeous revelation to understand why this thing about the tracks is so important. 
You know, I don't know if, if, how many of you people are aware with the scripture that says, talks about from from Dan to Beersheba, about how that the land of God, of, of Israel, was from Dan to Beersheba. It's very interesting that it doesn't say from Beersheba to Dan. Beersheba is closer over to Jerusalem area. It's south. <clears throat> Why doesn't it say from that area to Dan, to, to the Hermon Mountain? No, because I read you last week the scripture that God has brought forth the purpose of life and the virtue of life, and that's all tied in to the, to the revelation of the, of the mystery that is, that is tied into Mount Hermon. And so it's not from Beersheba to Dan. It's from Dan, which is in the Mount Hermon area, to Beersheba. That's like saying from Mount Hermon to Jerusalem. Wow. So, <coughs> now, I want to get into the reason why Satan so desperately wanted to kill Moses. <coughs> Excuse me. There's something that uh, Moses was involved in that Satan was tremendously angry against him about. <coughs> you have to give me a minute while I clear my throat here. And that was the destruction of the king of Og. And his people. Now, this is so important, it's beyond what you can almost imagine how important that this thing is. Because those people were giants. And they weren't just any kind of giants. But they were the remnant. And you can read that right in Deuteronomy, uh, I believe it's 3.11. <coughs> Also in Joshua 12.4. And um, when we look in Genesis chapter 6. And we read about um, uh, this story of the sons of God and the daughters of men. <coughs> In verse 4 it says, And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the, the children, uh, into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. <coughs> now these giants are first mentioned right here. And these giants were mentioned as a special offspring of the event that happened on on Herman which Herman tells us in the book of Enoch now the book of Enoch uh, has some interpretation problems some translation problems <clears throat> but it still is a, is a worthwhile book to read and uh, if God will give me the time, someday I would like to do a translation of it and put it into the proper perspective. But it talks about these angels that came down 
and and to to have their uh, effect on the the daughters of of men uh and and uh you know the daughters of the sons of god and what we teach is that the sons of god were the offspring of of adam through seth and they all had souls and that there were men alive at that time who were humans but they did not have souls and we're not talking physical souls we're talking spirit souls and that when these demons that were co-owned, they weren't demons then, these angels that were equal to archangels were co-owned with Lucifer and they came out of Lucifer to, to, to go on extended missions for him. Now one of the things they did was to come down with the plan to possess, possess the children of men to demonize them and bring about uh, a depreciation to the to the uh, offspring of, of Adam, the sons of God, and the daughters of God. And that exactly did happen. And as a result of it, <coughs> there was the the creation of these giants. Now, I think these giants were more than just being tall and big and broad. I think they were probably extremely uh, uh, talented, extremely uh, uh, brilliant of mind. But the understanding was that everything that was left on the earth, as far as human beings, were destroyed by the flood. And only eight persons that were on the ark survived the flood. And of course, we teach that prior to the flood, the angels came with this, and they took up the offspring of they took up the offspring of the seventh from Adam, who was Enoch. But we also teach in the Holy Man- Book of Manifest writings that. Whatever the good angels do opens up the possibility for the bad angels to do. So that Lucifer, (coughs) Satan, also took up some of, of these people. Now, who all did he take up? Well, he took up some of the giants. And, and he took up some of these soulless people. He took them up. The giants were also at that time solace. He took them up. So, they were gone from the earth. And all of the giants were destroyed, that were left, were destroyed by the flood. But suddenly we find out, according to the Bible, in Deuteronomy 3.11 and Joshua 12.4, that there was a remnant of the giants that were upon the earth, and it was these people who were the uh, were under the kingship of Og. So it says remnants that connects them to not just some other strange uh, giants that arose because there was some kind of a problem with the pituitary or hypothalamus, but that people that arose. 
that arose because they were brought back down. They came back down here. They were brought back down, and, and they were located just where they were located because Satan knew, Satan knew that eventually the children of Israel would be coming that route that they, that they went and that we, they would be crossing over the west side of Jordan to go and fulfill the promised land all the way to Mount Hermon, including Mount Hermon. Satan knew that. So he proposed way ahead of time an interception by planting the people of Bashan, the king of Og, which were the remnant of the giants, right up there in the northern part on the east side with a plan to use them to defeat Israel and to kill Moses and Joshua. And they were powerful if they had followed the plans of Satan. Followed what plans? Well, the plan of Edrei. What do you mean the plan of Edrei? Well, there's an incredible revelation. And you really need to know about this. There is a river, and right next to this river, close to the river, there is a city, and there is a special secret there in Edrei. And this is, you know, this is Bible. And a lot of people still don't know about this today, but there are some people that do. But in Numbers 21, 22, and other places in the Bible, it talks about this city of Og and the king of Bashan, who went out and fought against the Israelites over 3,300 years ago. But some time ago, this um, person who was sort of like a an archaeologist was searching over in that area and he found a small hole about 15 inches high. So he dug his way through that hole 15 inches high and began to search. When he got down inside, it was a big open place, but it was pitch dark. He couldn't see anything. So, of course, he had to get the proper lighting and everything so he could check it out. Well, when it began, the discovery began to come out, then some of the natives began to talk about what, what there was that was discovered there. And this was all land and all property that was owned by King Og and his people. There was an underground city of Bashan. And this underground, deep under the earth, and this is still there today. Still there today. Extended for many miles, like over 20 miles. you imagine that? you imagine 20 miles, underground city? It's never, to this day, been totally explored. 
It is so labyrinth. But it's a real underground maze, and it has rooms after rooms and apartments and houses, even had a marketplace and stores, all cut out from solid rock. And there are air shafts, air shafts that were cut and made from the surface and hidden under the volcanic stones to, to give ventilation. There was a whole country covered with the rocks that was an underground city. Well, the plan of Satan was that when the army of Israel approached, they would just have a very small amount of people out there defending it. And they would be killed or flee. The whole rest of the army and people would be hidden in the underground. And they would wait for Israel till Israel was either in the area and they were sleeping. And then they would come out of the city under the earth and they would destroy them while they were totally off guard, not thinking that there was any of the people of Og, the giants, left. And therefore, they, they would totally wipe them out and destroy them. That was the plan. But King Og got a, a high-minded head, and instead of, of going into the tunnels like was the plan, he took his armies and went out, the Bible says, to meet Israel. And he went away from Edrei. He went out to meet him. And when he engaged with the war, something happened that he had not planned on. The Bible says that God, just the angels, the stars in their courses, so to speak, fought for him, fought for Moses and Joshua, fought for them, and destroyed Gog. It wasn't because they were that good of an army, that powerful of an army, but because they were reinforced by the angelic power of God. Now you have to understand that in up in that area is close to being is like part of the Golan Heights, and that the Golan Heights is connected to Mount Hermon, because Mount Hermon is a part of the Golan Heights, and they destroyed all of the giants, all of the remnant. The Bible says of the giants that that had been brought down, back down to earth by Satan and set up in that strategic location with that underground city, Edrei, and all of the plans and everything that was there to, to, win, to win, destroy Israel, and to stop them, was defeated. Was defeated. And so... Satan hated Moses. I mean, hated him and wanted to kill him. And he did. But, but Michael, the archangel, stood up for Moses and brought him back to life and gathered him up. This heap, like to heaven, heaven, to the Father's house.
where he is there in a swoo during that time until it was the time for him to go and to meet Jesus on the mount. And there's much more to this story, much more to talk about, much more to be said. But we're just beginning to get into some of these incredibly interesting things. It's just absolutely beautiful. Read over in Numbers 20, 21, 22, and there's many other interesting scriptures. Uh, read Deuteronomy 3, 5. You know, get into these things. Uh, it's, it's an incredible story. The things that have not been revealed, the things that have not been told. It's just absolutely... <clears throat> now, there's more to it in this, of course. Um, let's turn to Psalms 68. This is a powerful scripture. It has to do about the Shinans, which were the offspring of Enoch. And they came down in, you know, 20,000 of them. Uh, 68 verse 17. Uh, and uh, and there was just thousands of the of these angels called Shinon. And if you read this whole whole verse and you look up the word angel, you'll see the word uh, the word uh, that means Shinon, and uh, in the uh, the Hebrew text. And uh, these these angels came down, and and uh, you know it tells the story how that they met with uh, Moses, and. Ladies and gentlemen, this this is a huge, huge story. This is a huge, incredible thing. Uh, 68 verse 4 of Psalms. Sing unto the Lord, sing praises to His name. Extol Him that rideth upon the heavens by His name Jaw. And rejoice, rejoice in Him. Verse 11. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company, which can be interpreted, troop of angels of those that published it. And the kings of armies did flee space, and she that tarried at the home divided the spoil. Wow. Verse 16. Why? Oh, verse 15. The hill of God, the hill of God, get a hold of this. The hill of God is as the hill of Bashan a high hill as the hill of Bashan because of the connection of the Golan, uh, Golan Heights to, to Mount, uh, you know, to, to, to the Mount of Transfiguration, which was Mount Hermon. Wow. So it says it right here, the hill of God is as the hill of Bashan. There was a connection between these giants and Bashan. There was a connection, a total connection. So absolutely important. Wow. Now, there has to be something that is done to justify uh, some of the fa- some of the people that were killed and some of these people that died in in, in Bashan. That was a terrible war. A lot of Israelites were killed. In verse twenty-two, it says. The Lord said, I will bring again from Bashan. I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea. God has a plan. 
and and it is so extensive. This this thing of the of the of the footprints of the of the tracks upon the Mount of Transfiguration is sensationally involved. We're just beginning to get into these forensic details. We're just beginning to open some of these scriptures. This revelation of Edrei, of this deep underground city, over 20 miles in length and wide, with all of the facilities there. It was all about a survival of these people that belonged to Satan. They had all, they had all been trained by the angels of Satan how, what to do and how to do it. It is absolutely sensational uh, a connection even to Dan, which we will probably have to get into next week, that, that ties into all of this. So as we contemplate these things and consider these things, we know that we are on the very cutting edge of Revelation. We know there are scriptures that seem to be a, a conflict. That when Moses was on Mount Sinai, one scripture talks about that the Lord descended. But another scripture speaks about that God spoke to the Israelites from heaven. So, if you just look into descendant, you would maybe see the Lord as a man appearing. But if you if you looked at it from descendant in a zith, and then took Moses up into that zith, and took him up and showed him, took him over and showed him all the land from that height, then he could really see all the land as it was described. He could see it in a divine way. And he suddenly had a divine understanding such as he never had before. All part of his being prepared for this whitish revelation of the trans-assimilation into Jesus Christ through this incredible experience that Jesus had when he was changed in that transformation called trans transfiguration. So, it's a beautiful story. And there's more to say, but we're going to sort of bring it to a close. I want you to be prepared to be stirred in these next few weeks. I'm also starting a campaign uh, on survival. And I'm going to uh, be given some of the most incredible revelations on this subject. That will be very extensive. And uh, we're calling it Survival Mind Crusade. And it will be a campaign that's going to go on and on. And, and the people that are going to be interested in this, if they want to get on the mailing list, they'll be getting uh, regular information on this survival uh, uh, revelation that I'm going to begin to send. And I have one already made that we're ready to send out. And we'll be getting that out to you, to you people shortly. Um, 
If there's any of you listening that you're not on our mailing list, write me, uh, lee.jerry.o at gmail.com. Lee, all lowercase, Lee, L-E-E, dot Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, dot O at gmail.com. And say yes, Y-E-S. And I'll know that you want to be put on this mailing list for this campaign that we're just getting into with the revelation about the survival mind crusade. Now we're going to get into Gentile and and, uh, uh, I want to um, deal with the uh, immune system. There are so many people having problems with the immune system. It affects people being able to overcome serious diseases that come to their body. And even affects the thyroid. There are people with the thyroid that are having problems. People with other kinds of diseases. Hypothalamus to the pituitary. Pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid to lymphatic gland. Begin to send messages into the lymphatic gland and throughout all the body and system to be strengthened, to be engendered with special vitality. Begin to strengthen that in these people who are listening and receiving this message of Gentile, which is generative touch. Spirit to spirit. Energy being released into them. Electrovimatically. Begin to enter into the parts of the body that are the messenger system. The hormone system. And begin to give orders to release enzymes and vitamins, medicines, vitality, and the power of immunity in the body. Begin these processes immediately. If there's any inhibitors or blockers or messages anti to this, they are canceled. Strengthen all the major glands and systems, such as the thyroid such as the resistive system fighting off infections. Again, if there's any inhibitors or blockers or messages anti to this, they are canceled. May God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. We love you. Be sure you get on to the blogs. Also, get into Star Rise and read those posts that are in there. May God bless you. We love you. Good night.